1: Hello and welcome to episode 412 of On the Corner, the official pitcherlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Eric Samolski, joined on the final episode of the 2023 MLB regular season by the man himself, Nick Pollock. Nick, we've, we've come to the end. How does it make you feel? Yeah,
2: what is happening? It's, it's weird. It's also, uh, I'm two streams away from getting to 100. Last year, I landed at 99 and I couldn't get a win the last three days of the season. And I have a bad feeling, Eric. I have six games. That's to be two tough. more wins. I went I, zero for over the weekend.
1: <laughs> I'm grinding the I'm grinding the wins in my one NFBC OC league, where mm-hmm. I am half a point out of first. I've been in first almost all month, uh, last two months. Half a point out of first. Oh my god! One win behind the guy in front of me in wins who happens to be the guy in front of me overall. So I just need to catch him in wins. And last week I felt really good. It was like, I think it was Friday when it was sale against the white Sox, and our mm-hmm. boys Sawyer Gibson long against, I think it might've been Kansas city. Mm-hmm. And I got no wins out of either of them. Yeah. Um, just watching sale throw five shutout and then you get nothing from it and you're like, okay, no. on to the next one.
2: I would have got a streaming victory of Connor Phillips uh, if the Reds hadn't blown, what, a 9 nothing lead? <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. So it goes. But, uh, but today, we're going to try and help everybody else get those wins for we the are. next six days
1: the next six days. So we are going to go six days at a time. Um, and just like last week, when we talked about who was pitching that day, and um, we went over some of the matchups. We're going to do that for the six days, but we're going to go a little more in depth. We are going to tell you literally every single pitcher in every single matchup for each day. Um, and then Nick and I are going to go over some of the ones within that day that we feel um, are maybe that stand out a little bit, maybe some shallow league, deep league options. Uh, maybe I, I, finally convince nick to stream alec marsh who knows could happen a maybe
2: there's a maybe i did mention you in the roundup i don't know if you read it but i mentioned you specifically
1: i i, I was flattered
2: oh there he does see look just, this is this is why eric's better than alex alex had never read it Alex, that's, read it.
1: well he's too busy <laughs> he's too busy just creating metrics and videos for espn
2: yeah there you go that's probably a good <laughs> yeah. answer whatever it's fine alex no um, i so do we have a theme today
1: We do. So I don't know if you're aware and if the the baseball uh, listening public is aware. Today is Yum Kippur. Um, So what that means for for me and fellow Jews is I uh, starved myself today until I was angry and couldn't see straight and my head hurt. Um, And then I got to break that fast uh, with some bagels and some schmear, some spreads. I am a scallion cream cheese, lox, red onion kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Love it. Also whitefish. Yep. Sign it up. Um, But so we're going to go with favorite holiday foods. Oh, Um, So it doesn't have to be a main dish, could be a side dish, doesn't have to be a major holiday. I'm not asking you just to, you know, stick to the big hallmark ones, any holiday in your life um, and a dish on, you know, on that day
2: that really kind of speaks to you. Sure. Oh, I like that. Okay. I got that. Oh. All right. Okay. I have some in mind. All right. Let's go. Good. Do this. So we're, right. we're going to dive right
1: in. As always, since we are recording on Monday night, these will be starting Tuesday, September yes. 26th. So that's the first day right now, Tuesday, September 26th. I'm going to read you off the pictures as Nick thinks about the day. So the yeah. auto start tier. Is Kevin Gossman against the Yankees, Kyle Bradish against the Nationals, Zach Eflin at Boston, Hunter Green at Cleveland, Seth Lugo at San Francisco, Bailey Ober versus the Oakland A's, Michael King at Toronto. The probably start tier is just two names George Kirby home against the Astros, Bobby Miller on the road at Colorado. Uh, Big questionable start here. Tier Aaron Nola versus Pittsburgh, Lucas Giolito versus Cincinnati, Reese Olsen versus Kansas City, Christian Javier at Seattle, Braxton Garrett at the Mets, Ryan Pepio at Colorado, Adrian Hauser uh, versus uh, the Cardinals, Bryce Elder versus the Cubs, Mitch Keller at the Phillies, Paul Blackburn at Minnesota, Justin Justin Steele at Atlanta, Joey oh Lucchesi versus Miami, Tanner Houck versus Tampa Bay, Zach Thompson uh, at Milwaukee, Reed Detmers versus Texas, Zach Davies at the White Sox, Ryan Harrison. Versus the Padres. Don't worry, there are more pitchers. Josiah Gray at Baltimore. Jose Urania versus the Diamondbacks. Zach Granke at the Tigers. Ryan Feltner versus the Dodgers. Chase Anderson versus the Dodgers. And Martin Perez at the Angels. Nick, nobody remembered any of those pitchers. But tell me tell me what this what food this day I, is I, and I why.
2: I, I told Eric, Eric, today what we're gonna do. We're going to go through each of these days. And I think it's important because what else are we going to do? We only have six days to talk about. We're just going to go through each of them. So you got to recite all of them. And he's like, all of them? I'm like, yes. Oh, of course. It'll be fine. No worries. That took so long. <laughs> so well, that's half the podcast. Maybe we'll
1: pick uh, and choose the next few I mean, days. I okay.
2: So first and foremost, this is the largest question. Well, this is 10 to 26. So what we might do is like, we might do auto start, then probable, then question. We might break it up and talk about each sure. one. That might be how sure. we do it. We'll Sorry, see. everyone. We'll see. Um, So this one, I had a couple options in my head and I'm going to say it's Halloween candy because the question starts here so large and you don't know what you're going to get, but you're excited for candy. You know, you're like, okay, cool. Here, give me what you've got. But afterwards, you know, there aren't going to be so many that are all star, you know, full bar of Milky Way here. Mm -hmm. You know, you might get those random wrapped candies where you don't know what's inside them. Right. The ones that were in your grandma's China by the front door. Sure. Or the
1: person that gives you like an apple slice or some gum.
2: Oh, man. Or a pencil. I remember one year, literally, I was such a spoiled kid at seven years old. I was in tears because I got my third pencil of the day. And it was it was because I didn't win other two other things. I was just having a terrible day and I was really looking forward to whatever I got. And that was the third pencil. Like I don't need a pencil. (laughs) Listen, back in the
1: day pencils were like gold. You broke those things. You had to walk up to the front of the class and
2: turn the handle. Of
1: course. Um, Everybody's staring at you. It's terrible.
2: But yeah, I'm so, I mean, I think the most interesting auto start here is Michael King against the Mm Jays. I'm going to do that. 13 strikeouts last time out against them. It's like, if you have Michael King, you're going to do that, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I did. I did write about him today in my piece on NBC sports called mixing it up. um, And I just wrote about him to suggest He's definitely been lucky since becoming oh, yeah. a starter. Absolutely, um, and you know, one point seven eight ERA, forty five strikeouts in thirty point one innings um, as a starter. The um, the sweeper, which Fangraphs loves and has been great, has a four point seven five deserved ERA, which is just a metric that tries to that Alex Chamberlain uses on his pitch leaderboard, which tries to dictate or tell us what a pitch should have done defense independent era right without yeah. the defense behind him um, now it's also important to understand that doesn't mean that's a 4.75 era pitch but it does mean that like he's posting a 381 deserved era in September he has a one you know 78 actual era there's a gap in there which suggests that the pitches themselves are not preferred they don't they're overperforming their individual metrics. And that's fine. That happens to pitchers all the time. It's a little, I'm a little nervous about it against Toronto because they're an offense that could kind of wake up and put seven on you at any moment, but sure. not to the extent that I'm not playing Michael King. I mean, he's pitched so well, you can't possibly bench him.
2: Yeah, the changeup has a 24% swing strike rate this year. The uh, yeah. the slider, 34%, that's including the sweeper. Uh, sinker with a 33% called strike rate, I think is not going to stick around. That is 94th percentile. Uh, Among all relievers, I imagine if it were on starters, it would be 100% because I have not seen 100%. I've not seen a sinker called strike rate above 30%. So that's not going to stick around here. Um, It is a high PLV on it. Same with the sweeper as well. Um, Four-seamer digs as well upstairs. It's a good strikeout pitch for him. Um, Yeah, as I mentioned, that changeup uh, gets a ton of whiffs. But I, I like Michael King. I think he is, as you mentioned, getting more out of it than he should um at the moment, but still, all right, I'm gonna go after this. Uh and I think as you mentioned, the the Jays, eh, well, how do we feel about them too? Um it's they aren't the elite offense that we once imagined them to be.
1: Yeah. I also um, in the questionable tier, I'm gonna I feel good about, well as good as I can feel about a guy we talked about last week, which who's Lucas Giolito. Not mm-hmm. a great start against Kansas City, uh gave up three runs on seven hits and five and a third, did strike out six um, I'm not super scared of that Reds offense right now. Um, sure. and I do, th- I do still think that some of the changes we were talking about with Giolito's breaking ball, um, even though the results weren't spectacular in the last start out were, they've been good enough recently that that's a start that is not scaring me off.
2: Yeah. It, I think Giolito isn't getting the results that he's deserved a bit, but it's also at what point do I just kind of say like, okay, fine. I'll stop expecting there to be something new. So that's why he's at the top of this massive questionable start tier. But yeah, there's a temptation to put him the probable start. Same with Aaron Nola, of course. But Aaron Nola is a cherry bomb, whether we like it or not. Even though he just did well against Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, that was with a ton of changeups out of nowhere. And I actually do think that is the nullifier for Atlanta. I think teams have kind of figured this out. We saw Christopher Sanchez do this. Have a ton of changeups and have success against uh, Lance. and that's what Aaron Nola did. And Philly's like, "Oh, that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do." Yeah, um, but he's I, still questionable because of that. Uh, and George Kirby and Bobby Miller are the only two in their probable start tier, and they both have bad matchups. George, Kirby yeah, I want to Super- ask
1: you about Miller Bobby Miller's, Miller's teammate because you um, were big on Pepio before, yeah. um, sure. and I see him in the questionable tier. Yep. And is that just a Coors thing for you, or is there something? Yeah, else?
2: It, I mean, Pepio's I was big on him more so because I didn't think he would get this one. Uh, and I thought he would get the uh, the matchup over the weekend, but everything got pushed back a day, mm-hmm. and that means he gets pushed into this doubleheader, unfortunately. So that is changing how his schedule is. I thought it was just green all the way through. He has to get this Coors matchup, but he might get the last start of the of the week, not Bobby Miller. And we'll get to later on, which is definitely favorable. So if you have to go for two for Pepio, I would be going for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Coors, even though it's worse than um, it used to be, still an above-average offense there
1: um how do you feel about adrian hauser against the cardinals Dude, I um know, it's it's adrian hauser
2: just chucks things it's like it's he not, does I he know, does he's like He'd, old trevor but, williams almost but it works it's and like, the works. last
1: outing against the cardinals six innings four hits one run four strikeouts yeah, uh you know cardinals obviously lost Contreras for the rest of the season now they don't they don't have anything to play for the lineup is you know not the lineup that we saw for most of the season but it's Adrian, it's Adrian Hauser. And I'm like, you know, I I can't get over some of the, er, the earlier starts. And every time you think he's kind of piecing something together, it blows up in your face. But isn't this the type of thing we're trying to do where we, we pick on an offense that's potentially checked out.
2: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, Adrian Hauser certainly could be someone for you to start here. Ceiling's not very high is the thing. So you pretty much have to nail that like five or six innings and two runs or fewer for you to feel good about it. You won't get, the strike up, running in all likelihood along the way. Um, he's also very, very susceptible to the Bab of God's hating on him. Um, because that's what he does. He, I mean, he throws sinkers inside and tries to go some cutters away and some fastballs over the play. I'm like, here you go, buddy. Okay, okay. All right, that's, that's
1: just hit playing. it at a defender, please.
2: Yeah, he's, he's uh, unbelievable that way. I mean, there, there are so many guys in the back half of this that are super contentious and I could see it going their way like Joey Lucasi against the Marlins. <laughs> maybe he was really good at putting his sinker along the edges in his last start. Uh, and I put out a the edge. I had to look up what his name was. The wrestler. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know wrestlers. I think It's Adam Copeland uh, and uh, yeah, he's so he's like the edge. Okay, great. Funny. Um, Joey Lucasi though, is someone to consider that I don't like is sure at all. You have Paul Blackburn, maybe Who's not a terrible kitchen sink guy against the Twins. I don't really know how I feel about the Twins offense. So there's some desperate things. I just wouldn't touch Justin Steele against Atlanta. I think he's gassed. I think he's... I think you you pronounced his name
1: wrong, though. And it's Atlanta. I think you pronounced his name wrong.
2: Oh, I did. It's Justin Steele. There you go. Perfect. That's better. Um,
1: (laughs) And then you and I have both at various times been in on Reed Detmers um, and are currently not in on Reed Detmers, but I did no. notice something that I will be watching for. I, I will not be starting him, but Reed Detmers is throwing his change up 21% of the time um, yeah, in September. He's
2: throwing a lot more changeups,
1: And it's actually been pretty good. Um, it, it's been solid, you know, listen, 105 batting average against, there's a lot of, you know, noise within that as well, but it, it, in, it reduces hard contact. It doesn't get a lot of swinging strikes. I don't love that he has reduced the use of the slider as much as he has, Yeah, but I, I want to keep watching it because I feel like if the changeup can be a, a good solid third offering for him and he can still find a way to not you know drop the changeup to like, I think it's at 14% in September, or mm-hmm. sorry, the slider to like 14% in September, th- that could be intriguing to me in the future um, if he can get that changeup working for him
2: right we've only considered Demers as a three pitch guy if there is this change up with the same approach that we saw back in the spring of actually being able to command that slider down and in uh, to right handers and fastballs upstairs at 95 and change not 93 and change uh, that's a big difference Um, but yeah it's more of a next year thing I don't want to start him against the Rangers
1: yeah fully agree um Wednesday should we move to Wednesday
2: Wednesday let's go to Wednesday
1: Wednesday the 27th um in your auto start tier you have Garrett Cole against the Blue Jays Pablo Lopez against the A's Grayson Rodriguez against the Nationals Tarek Skubel against the Royals Tyler Glass against the Red Sox Kodai Senga against the Marlins Jose Barrios against the Yankees Ranger Suarez against Pittsburgh. Framber Valdez against Seattle. And Brandon Fott against the White Sox. Those last three, sorry, Suarez, Valdez, and Fott were the probably start tier. I'm going to have you name it after probably start and we can yeah, get to the that. questionable just... later.
2: <laughs> so... We'll name it after this and then we'll talk about the top half and then we'll talk about the bottom half. Uh, this one I'm going to say is my mashed potatoes. This is the one mm. thing I do every year for Friendsgiving. I make the best mashed potatoes. Okay, and just the thing that I make, I I have a potato masher just for that one time a year. Sure. Uh, And I what I like about it is you have something you bring to the table. And also there are some little things you might want to take along the way. Uh, And so, for example, Brandon fought as the uh, stream pick of the day on uh, on Wednesday against the White Sox. I really like because he has a really good sweeper and that still was good against the Yankees. Unfortunately, ran into two home runs from Aaron Judge. But uh, the White Sox are really bad right now, especially against right-handed breaking balls. So uh, I would say that one of my two streams that I need will be Brandon fought. Please, please <laughs> let me get to 100. So I would definitely be targeting that one.
1: Um, anybody else in this top 10 before we move to the bottom half?
2: A lot of these guys yeah.
1: feel kind of like no doubters.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ranger Suarez is locked in right now. I know it wasn't the greatest of results last time, but I really do like where he's at It's against the Pirates. I would definitely be starting Ranger Suarez. And Fran Bevel, I know, against the Royals, didn't do well. What was interesting is that he was throwing more sinkers early on. And if you guys watched that with me on playback, because it was the Cole Reagans game, which was like the greatest fifth inning. Did you see the video of the fifth inning? Because that is the greatest. Oh, my gosh. That was all genuine. I didn't put on an act. That was just pure
1: joy. Your videos of you watching pitchers be
2: disgusting.
1: Um, it's great. So it's just wholesome, family fun content.
2: The, really, I think the best way I can describe Cole Reagans, because it's always going to be Cole Reagans, come to him, is that he is what you want yourself to be on MLB this Show. Sure. It's like you have five pitches. You know exactly where you want to put them. You do what you want, and it's great. But Framber Valdez was on the other side, and he was throwing sinkers early and then moved to more cutters and curveballs, and that's a huge deal for me. Then he looked a lot better after that first. And I just don't understand why Frank Baval does throw sinkers to right-handers. You don't... No. You have this amazing cutter that goes inside to them. You have this really good big curveball, and you have a really nice changeup too. Just throw three of those, surprise maybe, with an upstairs sinker. You can do that. You have done that. But then see that sinker for inside to lefties. It, it I think, doesn't you, make
1: I think sense. you know that sometimes pitchers outthink themselves. Um, and it's because, I mean, in my opinion... It's because as pitchers, you are, especially somebody like Framber Valdez, who isn't like, here's 102, what right. are you going to do about it? Right. Like you have made your hay with trying to be smarter than think two, three pitches ahead of, oh, you're looking for this. I'm going to give you that. Oh, I'm going to keep you off. It's kind of like a, a mind game. And I, I really have run into a lot of pitchers in my life when I'm calling games who they, they think it can be too simple. And if you're like these pitches are working for you today, like just throw that. They're like, oh, but I need to mix in th- because I need to keep them on their toes. I need to mix in that too. And you're just like, not always. You don't always need to to overcomplicate. Sometimes hitters are also stupid. And if you're gonna get the, if you're gonna be able to get them out with the same stuff, just get them out with the same stuff. Yeah. I right. listen. I, I I will out myself. Like I in, in practices in college, like. I had some guys on my team tell me pitches they were throwing me and I still missed because if you throw it well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter if it's in a good location with good movement. Like you can still get those outs.
2: Now uh, the counterpoint to that is uh, me in fall league. When I was a senior, I, my good friend on the team, David Perlow was trying to be an outfield. He moved from pitching to, to being in the outfield for that year. And I, uh, he he knew that us pitchers were on a um a cycle. Like we he knew that it has to be fastball, then it has to be breaking ball, then it has to be changeup every 3 pitches or so. It didn't matter what the count was. That's just what we were doing. So it was a 3-2 pitch and he knew it had to be a fastball. And he knew that our coach, doesn't matter what you do, just don't walk the guy. And he knew that I'm like there's no way in heck I'm, I'm walking him. So I don't think Perlo. Maybe I mean, unfortunately, Perlo only got like one or two at bats during the year in actual games. But in this, three two pitch comes in, knew what was coming, and he hit a home run to left center field off of me, and our coach cut him off between first and second base. <laughs> so in and <laughs> out, let's go. No, I, I keep running. <laughs>
1: so I keep he knew running. what
2: was coming, and he yeah. crushed mine. But that's because I threw a terrible pitch, and I. Uh, I'm very much with you that I see it all the time. Like we're able, I talk about sequencing and what works and what doesn't work. And there's a reason why these things work or not. And essentially the game that should be played is you do the thing until they show you that they can beat you at that thing and yeah. then you change it. And that's the actual fun of it. But if you start by giving them a thing that's easier for them to do, that's not, that's not an advantageous thing in my view. So I imagine the Astros are aware of this with Framber Valdez. Um, I wonder if there will be some shifts, but I think we're fine against the Mariners. He made that adaptation in the game, the adjustment and should be better against the Mariners. There is another element to add about the tension, the energy of Seattle versus uh, Houston this week, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. And I think Framber is fine with that, but there might be some other Houston Astros pitchers that might not be.
1: Yeah. And, We're going to get to uh, a few more of these names and the question will start tier, but we're going to do it after this break.
0: When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: So we're into the questionable start tier still on Wednesday. Um, We've got Wade Miley against the Cardinals. Brian Bayo against the Rays. Shane Bieber against the Reds. Andrew Abbott against the Guardians. Bryce Miller against the Astros. Dane Dunning against the Angels. Griffin Cannon against the Rangers. Emmett Sheehan against the Rockies. Matt Waldron against the Giants. Before I ask you about those names, Knicks do not start tier on this day. Sean Manaya at the Padres versus the Padres. Sorry, Darius Vines against the Cubs. Johan Oviedo against the Phillies. Johnny Cueto against the Mets. Luis Medina against the Twins. Jamison Tyon against the Braves. Miles Michaelis against the Brewers. Trevor Williams against the Orioles. Anthony Veneziano against the Tigers. Luis Patino against the Diamondbacks. And Noah Davis against the Dodgers. In that questionable tier, talking about Wade Miley against the Cardinals no.
2: first I need to discuss uh, if you don't know this uh, one of the original things that we did on the on the corner podcast back when we had a patreon was that anytime somebody uh, subscribed every week we would have a list of names of people who subscribed to PL plus right and fast would just laugh away as I would play the trumpets and fast fail to pronounce all of these names <laughs> i would struggle it brings me back to like fourth grade where i would have to read aloud and i can translate it in my head it's you know a bit of Broca's aphasia where i can hear it in my head i just can't get it out sure you know and I have an anxiety that would overtake it and anthony the Nizanio, i have no the idea Nizan- <laughs> but I,
1: I No, you added it. an i after the O. probably <laughs> veneziano veneziano
2: veneziano there it is right yeah. i i feel your pain eric yeah okay i'm right there I, with you and to be on the other side of it where fast was honestly it's a bit of a pleasure so i uh, i taught
1: at a that. bilingual french english school for 11 years and reading some of the names on the roster at the beginning of every year i was like listen correct just correct me if i'm wrong like yeah i'm your Please. english teacher i'm learning french i don't speak it fluently like I'm going to butcher some of this. Just let you know, me know
2: what we might do. We might do this. Eric is at uh, the beginning of next year. Uh, I might give you a list of those who have signed up and you get to send me your select few that I have to pronounce and think. Great. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do uh, it. I I think that's an old tradition that is just, Oh boy. Um. Anyway, I uh, question will start here. Wade Miley against the Cardinals. He's a Toby. And as we mentioned with the Cardinals, that might be a team to, to go against. Right. So you might be able to get five, five plus innings for a win here without the worst ratios. You just don't expect strikeouts, but that could be pretty safe.
1: Yeah, I, I like it. Um, again, it's we're picking on the... I mean, I'm not picking on, but I'm intrigued by we're matchups against on, and the that's Cardinals. That's a good
2: thing to do at yeah. this point. You got to be. You got to find your offenses. like, no.
1: I'm also really intrigued. I don't know that you can start Brian Baio. Um, Obviously, that's why he's in the questionable tier. But I'm super intrigued by what he's doing with his slider. Um, but is it that good? No, it's well, not that good. But it has a 21% swinging strike rate in September, uh, and that's good. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know that I'm starting him right now, but I'm looking at a young pitcher. And and listen, most things are are going downhill for him. The changeup has not been good in September. It's, we talked earlier about Brian Baio. Like the changeup is his best pitch. Um, It has his worst swinging strike rate by month of any of any month of the season. Um, But he's thrown 151 innings and that's by far the most innings he's thrown in his professional career. I think he may just be feeling the effects of a long season. Um, But my thing with Bayo has always been, I don't see a swing and miss pitch. I see a sinker. I see a really good changeup. I didn't see a a slider that was really going to miss bats. And now, you know, he's throwing the slider harder, but it has, uh, you know, about seven inches more, Glove side movement; it has more sweep to it. This this is a slider that his slider had a four point five percent swinging strike rate in June. Four point five percent. It has a twenty one point one percent swinging strike rate in September. So all I'm saying is I'm intrigued by this. I'm intrigued by a young pitcher beginning to discover a pitch that may actually miss bats, and my hope is just. That the rest of the pitches struggling recently is more about fatigue and less about how tinkering with the grip and changing one pitch may be impacting his feel for his other pitches.
2: Yeah, so you're completely right. Uh I didn't realize the rates of it. It's because he's only gotten four whiffs in each one, actually exactly four whiffs on his slider in each of the last four games. So it didn't, you know, when I'm doing this daily, I don't it didn't really trigger a flag for me. I'm like, oh man. Because he's saving it and utilizing it in those situations. Um, Demonstrably better the first two games of September. That was against the Rays and the Orioles. Much worse against the Jays and Rangers. Sub 50% strike rate um, between those two starts. Um, On that picture, actually right around it. Um, Less O swing, etc., (laughs) etc. Yeah, um, and the... the
1: The Rangers game was way worse than the Blue Jays game. Oh, I mean, the yeah. Blue I mean, Jays that's, game that's, that's, that's was, you know, one. 10 strikeouts in six innings, four hits, three earned runs. He just, you yeah. know, he got hit for a bomb. Um, right. So, uh, I
2: mean, it's, you know, the slider in the the Jays game, what I remember from that one is, you know, he had some that were just like hanging right up there. And he had, oh, cool. There's a nice one. Oh, boy, that's a terrible one. You know, and yeah, it's a work in progress. And you're very much right. I hope that over the offseason, Brian Bayo develops that slider more and actually becomes more of a three-pitch thing. Because right now, I just see him as a Toby. For the most yeah. part, hopefully being a Holly, that is someone that can have closer to a 25% strikeout rate than the 20% that he has right now. Um, for this start specifically, uh, for Bayo against the Rays, I don't know. It's kind of it's a toss-up to me. Is he going to is he just fatigued? Is that why he had that bad start against the Rangers? He could just do it with sinkers and changeups and maybe some of those sliders and maybe get four whiffs again. That would be cool. Um, so it's not the worst situation, it's just you don't really know. I also don't know how to rate the Rays' offense. Sometimes they're amazing. Sometimes they're not. And it's just like, okay. yeah,
1: I also don't know, like in his last start of the season, I don't think that Boston would, you know, pull something funny with him. But also, again, we talked about how he's thrown more innings than he has in any professional start. And it is a meaningless game for Boston standings wise. And it's like, yeah. if he gets into a jam early or if he doesn't look a hundred percent, like, are you really going to keep pushing him out? They may just say, Hey, four good innings call it a season like you know and that's why these starts are tricky with these teams that are they don't have clear goals to play for or incentives like contract incentives to play for is you just really don't know how they're going to handle their players especially young guys who they just might not want to run into the grant.
2: right yeah that's going to be the most annoying thing this weekend too is also watching it's like oh cool this guy's going oh 54 pitches all right sweet yeah okay. and he's done um,
1: um, I want to ask you about another young guy who's just getting yeah. started and his name is Shane Bieber. Mm, um, super young.
2: Super young. He's only um, made one start this year so young. I hear he
1: has That's a good. lightning fastball. Uh,
2: uh, not one start this year, one start yeah. in the past couple of months.
1: So so Bieber came off the IL um, against the Orioles, went five innings, six hits, four earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Um, if you want the Statcast cast data, it is a 19% whiff rate. It was a 27% CSW. Um, the velocity was down slightly, uh, you know, 90.6 miles an hour on the fastball. But again, velocity is not really Bieber's calling card these days. Uh, my question to you is just, I think he's going to be in a much discussed name on Wednesday because he is, you know, a, a huge name in terms of just like talent and people know Bieber and you know we already talked about the fact that um you know the Cincinnati offense is not really clicking so it seems like it on paper looks like a great start I don't know how confident you are in Bieber after that first that comeback start
2: it was fine I mean it really wasn't the best version of Bieber uh breaking stuff is really the key right it's all about how many whiffs Shane Bieber gets on sliders and curveballs uh, sure, he can get by with fastballs and cutters and the rare changeup, But if you want to think of Shane Bieber, it's got to be really slider whiffs first and then hopefully the curveball too. And they combined for 3 over 22 in this. Uh, we didn't really expect great things considering his AAA start wasn't that great. It was around 65 pitches. I was happy to see 81 at least. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is though, the Reds aren't good. And they're on the road too. They're not even in great American ballpark. Bieber at 81 pitches and they're going to let him go 85 plus I would think they would want to get him this momentum before next year right so I it feels like Bieber should be fine that's why he's at the top of questionable but the idea that he's going to have this like 10 strikeout game or something along those lines he does not have that skill set right now
1: yeah so modify expectations but but I think run him out there is how I take away from that Uh, we're moving on to Thursday, the 28th. Um, the auto starts Zach Wheeler against Pittsburgh, Cole Raggins against Detroit, uh, Corbin Burns against St. Louis, Sonny Gray against Oakland, Chris Bassett against the Yankees, Jesus Lazardo against New York Mets, Sawyer Gibson long against Kansas city. And uh, sorry, probably start tier Sawyer Gibson long against Kansas city and Jordan Montgomery against Seattle. That's our tiny probably start tier. And I'm switching it up on the fly because this question will start tier also super short. Dean Kremer versus Boston. Chris Sale versus Baltimore. Logan Gilbert versus Texas. David Peterson versus Miami. And Ryan Nelson versus the White Sox. Uh, what food is this day and why?
2: Yeah, this is, uh, we're going to go with, these are the Easter eggs. Okay. Okay. They all have different colors to them. There are scattered around the ones that I like, the ones that I feel are kind of interesting. But at the end of the day, there's a massive prize, and that's Cole Reagan's going against the Tigers against Sawyer Gibson Long, and we're watching that live on playback uh, at one ten p.m. this act- this Thursday afternoon. We're doing a live watch party. It's going to be awesome. You better be you better there. Better be people. there. It is the best time, and I uh, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun.
1: That is going to be great. Are you, a um, my wife is a big Cadbury eggs person. Um, mm-hmm. and so she buys like huge bags of them in the house and yep. I think I've been converted. Love. them. I
2: mean, they're amazing. I just, uh, I think a year ago I said, you know what? I got to stop having sugar. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I think, think we all should, we all should do that. Do that. Yeah. But it's so hard. Uh, it's so hard, but I, yeah, I, I hear that and go, my gosh, they're amazing, but I really got to not think about. Cadbury yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. They are incredible though.
1: <laughs> um, the Sawyer Gibson long of it all, I think it's pretty clear that like he's gonna go five innings. There will be some strikeouts. It's probably not gonna be ten of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, you'll probably be happy and not ecstatic. But it's a tough I think it's a tough stream. And I know we joked about it at the beginning of the show. Like I didn't get a win out of him the last time. But if he only goes five which he's only gone five in every start so far. So like maybe they push him to six, but there's no real reason for us to expect it. Mm-hmm. It, it leaves very little margin for error. Yeah, so I think you're doing it, but very, it is a right? you know, bite your nails type of start.
2: Yeah. What's, what's very interesting is I, you know, I've had this perception that the Royals are really good against left-handed pitchers, right? Uh, and we have a, uh, we have a thing internally that we're going to be giving to PL Pro users next year, which I'm really excited about, where uh, we can look at MLB offenses you know, for the season, last 60 days, 30 days, 15 days, that automatically splits up their interesting splits based on home away or left-handed versus right-handed. Um, and we could do it based on WOBA, the actual results, but we did it also, you can select as hitter performance, which is essentially saying, how did the hitters perform uh, against the pitches that they saw? not just okay. uh, the results because if they faced better pitchers or worse pitchers, then that should influence your uh, interpretation of the offense, right? And funny enough, it says, hey, the Royals are really bad against the lefties and the Detroit Tigers are elite <laughs> against the lefties. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so, and here's Cole Reagans coming up against the Tigers. Um, but, uh, But yeah, sorry, Gibson Long. I remember this because we were all like, hey, let's go. Sorry, Gibson Long against the uh, the angels after destroying the athletics right and uh and then having that like 11 strikeout game or whatever it was but then after being okay cool this is great but uh just so we know like there is a floor here still and that's rooted in gibson long's changeup that is often out of the zone and down and sometimes it gets it too far down and sometimes a slider then is not the go-to strike pitch that he would need it to be, which we need to be like a 60-65% strike pitch, and maybe it's 55, which means he isn't as efficient because the sinker is good when it's down, but it's also a sinker, Um, and sometimes he leaves that up in the zone. So he's not fully polished. Like, it's the shag rug, the young man's floor. The young arm has a lower floor than the veteran arm, Mm -hmm. and uh, that might come to fruition here against the Royals. Still, as you mentioned, yeah, sorry, gets along. We're all going to start him so. Good luck to everybody.
1: Yes. And again, we're all watching together.
2: We're all watching Playback. together on playback.tv/pitchers slash 100% free. It's Twitch merged with mlb.tv. Seriously, it's the best.
1: It is really good. I I watched your the day we were doing our first podcast together. I watched Oh nice. Yeah. This, um, this it was the, the it was like the the Phillies game that was going into extras and the guy in the oh, yeah. comments mentioned He spoiled the end of the game for everybody in the comments. Oh, yeah, right,
2: because he was watching on his individual film, like, why are you doing that? It's right here.
1: but uh but no like it's it i do tell everybody like i'm not a twitch user generally um but i just found it's a pretty cool experience uh it's easy to watch the game the you know the visibility of the game when nick is talking is still like really good and basically like you're watching on mlb.tv and it's just cool there are people in the comments nick's chatting through it um so definitely
2: next time you're there let me know because i can bring you on the stage i can bring anyone in chat on the Uh, stage listen be there with me
1: i'll message you i'll be there on thursday
2: Beaut- oh yes, let's go. Make it happen. You guys gotta um, be there now. Eric's gonna be there. You gotta be
1: there. Yeah, there. we're gonna talk pitching. Um Absolutely. and hopefully, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just anxiety watch a starting pitcher hopefully get me a win. It's gonna be great. It's right there we go. Time.
2: Anxiety watch 2023. Um uh, I wanna talk to you about another guy. pitcher since yeah.
1: you were talking about lefties
2: mm.
1: and teams who are good against lefties. And in your in your comments, which is important also for people to remember, uh, don't just look at the rankings. But please make sure to read the notes for every single week of this article. Um, in your notes on Chris Sale, you wrote The mm-hmm. Orioles have gone three for three, destroying Sale this season. I generally avoid small samples like this, but it's something to consider here. They may have his number. Yeah. Um, this is, is a nerve wracking start. I get it. Sale is also a guy who you know will go out there and be competitive because that's the yeah. only way he knows how to pitch. Um, Baltimore should likely still be playing for first place in the AL East at that point in time. They're only two and a half games up on Tampa. Um, it, it's tough. I really don't know where I come down on this. I am starting him in a few places where I, where I need to. Um, but I kind of wish I had another option and I don't know where your level of trust is. Obviously he's in the questionable tier, so you don't love it too much.
2: So, the three starts I'm referring to opening day for him on you know the April Fool's day was uh seven and runs in three and then he faced them three weeks later five and runs and five and then he faced them two weeks ago six and runs and four and I just can't look past that I don't know he's pretty much the only it's like the only team really that has gone to him um the entire season and oh boy that makes it tough when we already know that the velocity is down I mean he did actually get it up to 94 last time. Um, but the slider has really been the thing for, for sale makes me wonder, does the slider perform worse against the, the Orioles? Are they just ready on that pitch? And that's the case. Right. And oh boy, not fun. So it's a toss up and that's why he's in the question. We'll start to that's where all the cherry bombs live. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm,
1: I'm doing it where I have to. So I, I get that. I get it. You know, he could spin a six inning shutout at any moment moment with his natural talent. So who knows? We're going to move to Friday after this break. So we're going to move to Friday after I let Nick talk about yeah. Ken Waldechuk versus
2: the had, Come on. Okay. You, you, I gave the red line inside of the I thing. Did, I don't do that. You did. You did. That's true. Okay. I got to read you my just color. Cues. Know. Where's Waldy? He's right here. Okay. Ken Waldechuk, you're talking about pitch change mix stuff, right? This is your whole thing is to mix it up.
1: This is my thing. This is my thing.
2: Have you have you noticed his changeup? Have you noticed um, Ken Waldichuk's change up? Because it's actually, it's been interesting. This is a thing that's been happening in the second half for Ken Waldachuk. Uh, It's becoming more of a thing for him. The last four starts have all been above 20% usage. Over the season, it's 17%, which tells me it's about 10 to 15 before then. And it's kind of interesting uh, that, that that that's all i'm going to say um <laughs> he had his 20 whiffs across changeups across his last four starts combined that's ooh there might be something there now for ken waldechuk who's been a four-seamer up slider uh glove side change of arm side guy now that makes the imperial shuttle that fast can never remember that we like of the triangle of pitch separation now of course ken Waldachuk's command is whatever and right. as we just mentioned i uh, well, actually, I, th- I was thinking he was doing um, going against Detroit. Trey. He's not. He's going against the Twins, of course. Uh, there might be something interesting there because we don't know about the Twins' offense. Are they actually that good or not? And if you're desperate for strikeouts, you're going through all this. Like, Nick, no, I can't take David Peterson. He's taken in my league because he just had three games of lots of more strikeouts than we expected. Which I get, it's fine. Ken Waldachuk is a desperate strikeout play here for like six or seven mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Just got to bring that one up. No, that's yeah, on Thursdays. And- Sorry, on Thursday. His
1: swinging strike rate in the month of September is the highest it's been all year. Um, I do think a lot of that has to do with the change-up. You know, looking at the movement profile on Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard, it's, you know, you could tell people better than anything. Like, when you're looking at small changes in, like, horizontal movement, vertical movement, um, you know, month to month, like, some of that might be intentional, some of that might not. Um, It might be a pitcher tinkering with a pitch and or, you know figuring something out it might be he's throwing the change up a little bit harder in the second half of the year um i did notice in this month that there is a little bit more horizontal movement and less drop um and maybe that's helping him um who knows but yeah that that is intriguing um it's a little bit like the Bayo situation to me where like i would just like to see a young pitcher begin to learn how to deepen the arsenal a little bit um and he gets a much better opponent than
2: Bayo yeah, there you go. all right so, so friday get, get this out of here so Friday,
1: uh, auto starts. Spencer Strider against the Nationals. Brandon Woodruff against the Cubs. Zach Gowan against the Astros. Lance Lynn against the Giants. Kyle Hendricks against the Brewers. Edward Cabrera against the Pirates. Gavin Williams against the Tigers. Nick Pavetta against the Orioles. What is this day called? And then for the love of God, how can you put Lance Lynn in a probably start tier?
2: It is uh, Valentine's Day because I uh, I've got nothing. I'm just I thought a little uh, bit Cole Regans because you uh, love Cole Reagans. <laughs> uh, Cole Reagans, indeed, yes. Reagans, sorry, uh, Reagans. And, and no, it's, it's because it's a box of chocolate. You don't know what you're going to get, um, obviously. And, yes, Lance Lynn is here, but let's be honest, great win chance. He's going to go five, sure. six innings. He's going to have his good fastball. And if he has any sort of secondaries, it will be fantastic. It's against the Giants in right. Oracle Park. I mean... It's a very good scenario for Lance Lynn.
1: Yeah, and, and he did throw well against them last time out, so I, I get it. Um, I, mean, I just look at yeah. the
2: other guys in here. I mean, sure, Kyle Hendricks fine, but the Brewers are really good at home. Um, I do like the fact that the Cubs are. Uh, I I I guess that maybe the 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 Cubs will be pushing back Hendricks past Atlanta, and they did. It looks like so you get some Brewers, and that's a better matchup, but still, it's at home, not great. Eric Cabrera, who we you and I were talking about before, and I yeah, we really have some things to say there. But at the end of the day, still kind of questionable of what his control is going to be. Uh, Gavin Williams uh, had his breaking balls last time. I don't know if he will again. And Nick Bavada against Camden, it sounds good. He's looking good, but also he has a history of volatility. So, Lance, Atlanta at the top of it, is also an indication of everybody else in this tier two.
1: Yeah, I, I, I get it. I guess I... Um... I have just such visceral reactions uh, to seeing that name so high, <laughs> but I, but I get, but I get the logic behind it all. Um, you and I did talk about, uh, Cabrera on discord earlier. Um, I wrote about him in my article on NBC sports today, cause something I noticed a change in the last four appearances, uh, two appearances were bulk relief appearances when he first came back up. And then two, the last two have been traditional starts. Um, he's got a spike in velocity on his changeup and his curve and his slider. Um, even in the starts where he was a traditional starter. So in his last two starts his curveball was uh, averaging 86.2 miles per hour. In the first two months of the year his curveball was just under 84 miles an hour. So that is a noticeable difference. Sure, yeah. Um and that pitch has been pretty good for him um it has a 200 batting average against this month a, you know 126 expected batting average if you care a 297 deserved era 11.3 percent swing strike rate it has become a, a solid pitch it's not like a oh my god that curve is so nasty but it's a solid pitch and he's leaned into the changeup usage more this month also throwing it 34 percent of the time in september um And the results have just been really solid for him over 19 innings since he's come back up. He has a 1.89 ERA, uh, 22 strikeouts in 19 innings, one uh, sorry 167 batting average against also he's earned all of it it's an absurd 0.63 deserved era in september
2: yeah
1: um so all of that is you aren't
2: mentioning the six walk game against Uh,
1: the oh sure yes i mean there there are there as you mentioned there are control issues but what i wanted to bring up is the thing that you and i were talking about before because i think it's it is a term that gets thrown around a lot and i wanted to i was even some, listen, I, I'm not a numbers-based guy. I was an English teacher. I'm a humanities guy at heart. So <laughs> I see a lot of the baseball metrics and I work really hard to figure out like what all of them mean. Um, but the the vertical approach angle, which you see some places is just kind of um, abbreviated as VAA, is something that like, I I understand the concept, right? It is the, the vertical angle at which a ball approaches the hitter. But we were talking about how Cabrera has shifted his vertical approach angle pretty drastically in September. How could that be? What does that mean? And you looked at some stuff on Brooks Baseball and you kind of helped to determine what does that mean that he shifted his vertical approach angle?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's always a, a thing that people want to do whenever it's a vertical, vertical approach angle. It depends on what pitch you're throwing. Uh, just to be clear about this, if your target is to miss bats upstairs, you want to have it as flat as possible. So you want like a zero Degree, just think of it like degrees of it's just on a table, straight line, right? The higher up you go, the more, uh, more, acu- not cute, more obtuse the angle becomes, um, and sharp. And that means that it's more of a plane that matches the bat, right? As you swing. So, uh, generally you want it to be flatter if you're throwing four seamers upstairs because you want to miss upstairs. If you're throwing things that drop, you generally actually want to be more, more, uh, over the top, whether you want a more extreme angle because you want you're trying to beat it on the other side of the bat right Uh, think of it that way Um, so uh, when you reached out about that there were some interesting things about release point Um, I believe what what was it that we found was more closer to first base I believe that he shifted Mm -hmm. Um, generally when you see a a release point that doesn't change but you see a horizontal release point change typically means that you move on the rubber Um, it's just like if you think about where the hand is relative to the dead center of the mound uh, then I then yeah then he just shifted that over and the height that he's actually at is different or is not different so um that could help with a lot of things with control is really the, my takeaway from that conversation uh, and it is interesting to find that the curveball I mean specifically last time was an 84 percent strike rate thank you 69 before that and then before that it was 41 that was a six walk game and then it was 62 and really I think the success that I've seen from Eric Cabrera is, these high strike games, not just with the curveball, but also the changeup. Sure, it's nice when the fastball gets strikes too. I've just kind of accepted that it will always be really like low 50s. But that's okay. If you just reverse it as like that being the secondary and then the primaries being the fastball, sorry, the uh, the curveball and the changeup, then that's okay. And I hope we get that from Eric Cabrera against the Pirates. Unfortunately, the nature of the beast is that I have no idea how consistent this man is right now sure. it, it, i, I want to say yes and that's why he's improbable right now I'm like i feel like against the pirates is a high enough floor for Eric cabrera but at the end of the day it's like it's just us shifting like on our abacus like okay we put seven beads over here and three over there you know 70 chance versus 30 maybe i'll slide one back over so it's six and four like that's what we're talking about here at the end of the day like i hope he has it and uh, it's going to come down to that curveball and change up command
1: yeah, I think it's if he was not, if he wasn't facing the Pirates, he's not in this tier. He's, yeah. he's probably I mean, down in the questionable like, tier. Okay,
2: not only does he have the question of his control, but then even if it does have better control, then he actually needs to not be at the whim of better hitters.
1: Yes, but the questionable start tier is loaded with some interesting names. So again, this is on Friday. The questionable start tier, Joe Boyle against the Angels, Connor Phillips against the Cardinals, JP France against the Diamondbacks, John Means against the Red Sox, Dylan Cease against the Padres, Carlos Rodon against the Royals, Brian Wu against the Rangers, Nick Martinez against the White Sox, Aaron Savali. Against the Blue Jays, Hyunjin Ryu against the Rays, and Taiwan Walker against the Mets. Uh, talk to me about Joe Boyle, who, if people don't know, is the Oakland A's six foot seven rookie. Um, has made two appearances so far at the big league level. Has not allowed a run. Um, has allowed six hits, uh, struck out six, and walked three so far. Uh, what is it about Joe Boyle that is intriguing to you, or is it really just we're picking on the Angels?
2: You know. Eric Smolsky, I don't know if you actually play any video games at all. Have you ever played Hades?
1: Um, I have not, but my dad designed video games growing up. So right. um, I've played tons of video games. Um, I used to test them and yeah. What and did I he design? So my dad used to work for Acclaim um, and oh, they, yeah. you know, they were the company that did right NBA on. Jam, Mortal Kombat. Um, no,
2: no, that's Activision. I'm so sorry. Frank Thomas, Frank
1: yeah. Thomas, Big Hurt Baseball. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, story that i've told a bunch of people but um i am a i am a hidden character in nba jam um, <laughs> i am i am air dog in nba jam if you ever google it uh, that is a seven-year-old picture of uh, me at seven years old um my dad was um a vp at the company and in charge of a lot of the uh, programmers and so there were a lot of the programmers oh that were hidden God. characters in the you game and so kidding me that is you that's me yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay, wait, hold on. You are essentially. I'm going to say it's like eight out of ten, nine out of ten. So you are. Uh, when it comes to speed, you're like a five out of ten. Three pointers, terrible. You're like a two out of ten.
1: Yeah, it's really but, offensive from my from my dad, by the way. But
2: dunks, nine out of ten.
1: Ferocious dunks. I used to oh play. My gosh. This is amazing. I used to play with Spurs. I used to play with the Orlando magic and I play with Scott Skiles because he was like eight out of 10 from threes. And it was just these two little white guys running around and I was just thunder dunking everywhere. And Scott Skiles was, was shooting threes. It was
2: great. This is unbelievable. Uh, you, just, you just, this is the best question i ever asked. Well, the reason I bring it up <laughs> is because uh, there's a, there's a game called Hades and there's this character that calls him, Hey Boyle. And it's just in my head. He's saying Boyo, but that's just Joe Boyle to me now forever. And Joe Boyle throws hard and has a really good breaking ball. And uh, the four-seamer has uh, 90, oh, what was I, I had a right from Here we go, 93rd percentile uh, Y movement, which is what you want to see. Um, that means he has the ability to get uh, whiffs if he throws it more upstairs. He hasn't done a good job doing that so far. Uh, it's been more kind of all over the place. But I do think that Boyle can get more whiffs than he has currently on that fastball. That's why he has a 67% fly ball rate on it right now. Um, and why he has a very low a babip on that pitch, of course, because he's getting all these flyouts. Um, but you have a slider as well that is also effective. Uh, we have a 38% CSW thus far with a 67% strike rate, which I think is the important part. It's not just a, uh, a slider, where we hope it's going to work. No, he's actually gone strikes with that. Um, huge O swing at 41% too, because he throws hard. So those two things, it breaks the Waskirinoa rule. I totally get it. That's why it's questionable start. Um, but yeah, this is kind of cool against the angels who are not very good. And the fact that the athletics let him go 94 pitches in six innings in his last start says, okay, there is a decent chance that this will work. So yeah, what the heck Quest will start to your top of it. Joe Boyle. Yeah,
1: it's definitely a start. I want to watch. Um, I, I lean more towards your other probable stream of the day, which is Connor Phillips. Um, And that's only really, I will admit to, um, and that's, sorry, Connor Phillips against the same Cardinals we've been trying to pick on all podcasts. Uh, But it's only just because like, I am more aware of Connor Phillips' minor league stuff and track Mm -hmm. record. I watched more of his starts. I've read more about him. Um, And what we saw in his last outing was the same thing we've talked about before. It's just four-seam sweeper but the sweeper was really good. Um, it got called strikes. It got swing strikes. He had command of it. Um, and he looked really solid. Uh, granted the bullpen blew that game against the pirates.
2: Right. Great yeah. on sliders.
1: But I, I like that's now two pretty solid starts in a row for him. Um, you know, he had gone seven innings before against, uh, Minnesota two runs, seven strikeouts. So I, I, it seems to me like you you kind of like both and maybe it's just a flip of the coin.
2: Yep, that you got it exactly right. Uh, it's, it's just that. And I think at the end of the day, I personally said, you once know, against the Angels versus against the Cardinals. And maybe I'm wrong favoring facing the Angels more than facing the Cardinals. Um, but that's kind of where I went with that one.
1: Yeah. And then another guy that you seem to speak highly of in the article and I wrote up in my article today is Nick Martinez has moved into the starting rotation. Um, and listen, the last start there his change up 40% of the time um, it, you know, got a 40, uh, basically a 53% whiff rate. Um, it's a pretty good pitch. They're not really letting him go deep. And I th- have to imagine that's the only reason maybe for you against the White Sox that you have him in the questionable tier is like, can we get five?
2: Yeah, are we? What is the situation with Nick Martinez? It was sixty-two pitches in four innings against the Cardinals last time. Nine over twenty-five whiffs on that changeup for Nick Martinez. Oh, I've been shouting from the beginning of the year. They had him in the rotation for a moment. He did great. It was seven innings, zero runs against Atlanta on the nineteenth, and then they removed him from the rotation. Yeah, I, 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 they removed him from the rotation. I mean, yes, I know he's done a really good job as their fireman, all this kind of stuff. But the entire season, I've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. You want to know something? He's thrown 17 innings straight now whenever he's been given a starting role. OK, including those seven innings. And he's gotten a three inning start, three inning start. And then a four inning start he has not allowed a single earned run in the last 17 innings when he started a game. OK, 0.65 whip, 17 strikeouts in that, uh, that stretch. I'm ready for this. You know, I guess the White Sox, too. Oh, man, come on come on he's got a great approach he's doing all the right things i think nick martinez i I, i'm going to hang my hat on this that nick martinez is far better than everyone's been giving him credit for what he does and i think that if he does go five innings here you'll be happy i just want to see a quote from the padres saying that this is nick martinez starting not nick martinez for four and then Pedro Avila after that
1: yeah and then the only other name in this questionable tier i feel like things are breaking well recently for Dylan Cease and you got to do it. No, I mean, I know that we don't know what we're going to get, but we also know that on pure ability, he's as good as anybody on the mound, except for maybe Strider and and Woodruff. But I mean, like, you know, he's as good as anybody you're going to get on that day. And we just don't know what version of him we're going to see, but he's looked pretty good recently.
2: Pure ability. Sounds like a wonderful word. It's Uh, It's a fantasy word good old pure ability doesn't exist um but yeah uh, but yeah it's uh isn't there like a cat product that pura or something like that i'm sure that i'm sure there is something like that i don't know it's like pure okay it's fine i don't have a cat guys obviously anyway uh, we don't know what we're gonna get The last thought we just saw from dylan cease was the absolute pinnacle of what we want to see from him i mean we're talking four seamers actually upstairs in the upper third with sliders down, with the fastball being the better pitch. That's what I want, because that means that it's such a good pitch if it's better than the slider. 14 whiffs over 55 four-seamers thrown by Dylan Season, in that one. 80% strike rate. Oh, my gosh, 47% CSW. Still really good slider, 7 over 34 whiffs. We will take that. And then you had curveballs that landed in for not a ton of strikes, 50%, but fine, 50%, not like 30% as we've seen from you, just kind of flipping in there. Great, moving on to the other stuff. It's crazy because we've always seen his four-seamer graded so well, but Cease can never command it start to start, and we actually saw him do it once, and this is how good you can be. But We can't buy that he's going to do it again. I mean, it was 11 strikeouts, zero runs, zero walks. Uh well, yeah, then, that's like, not happen again. It was crazy, right? So uh, I, we've been through this before. We've been hurt and uh, by, by Cease. I want to believe that he's made a tweak, that all of a sudden now he's a new man. This is also the Padres. Padres are good. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do
1: I, I get it. Uh, I think it is, it is. I would start him in, you know, deeper formats, and I wouldn't watch the game. And I don't think you're going to get what you got the last time. But if you get something that's, you know, slightly worse, you could still get a, a solid start overall. Yeah. And that's kind of yeah, my expectation. There.
2: It's like, all right, you do what you need to do.
1: Uh, before we move to Saturday, the guys on Friday, Nick does not want you to start. Uh, no. Joey Wentz against Cleveland, Ty Lore McGill against Philadelphia, Jordan Lyles against the Yankees, Nathan Ivaldi against the Mariners, Ty Blach against Minnesota. Patrick Corbin against the Braves, Chase Silseth maybe against Oakland, Ross Stripling against the Dodgers, Osvaldo Beto against the Marlins, Adam Wainwright also maybe uh, against the Reds, and Nick hates this unnamed twin starting pitcher against Colorado at Colorado. We don't know who it is, but probably not worth a start but also yeah. keep in mind we don't know who that start is so at least check as the week goes on to see who's gonna I get the ball what, for what Friday.
2: i mean it's the, they're not gonna put joe ryan on a short rest i don't i don't i don't no. know the whole thing is weird and uh it's because kenta made is in the bullpen because they don't want him starting uh they want him to be auditioning for a relief role right. which i at least i mentioned i think in the um like in the pitch podcast maybe i didn't i mean we talked about in the stream this morning i should have mentioned it otherwise um, but I, uh, but yeah, that's so annoying. Uh, I also would want Louis Varland starting, but they're not going to do that, right? they like him in the bullpen. So what the heck? I have no idea. And he's
1: been it good it. in the bullpen. And it's important to understand yeah. also that like, you know, the twins have a huge cushion. That game is not meaningful for them in terms of like, it's not going to impact right. the standings. And yeah. so you could just see like, Oh, Hey, they're going to promote two random bullpen arms before the start. Yeah. And, and those guys are going to well. throw until their arms fall off. And then they're going to go right back down. Um, yeah. So we're moving on to Saturday, the second to last day of the season, September 30th. The auto start tier, just a small three-person tier. Luis Castillo against the Rangers. Freddie Peralta against the Cubs. Merrill Kelly against the Astros. The probably start tier. Michael Waka against the White Sox. Yusei Kikuchi against the Rays. Eduardo Rodriguez against the Guardians. Joe Ryan against the Rockies. Christopher Sanchez against the Mets. Cal Quantrill against the Tigers. JP Sears against the Angels. Clark Schmidt against the Royals. Alan Winans against the Nationals. And Jordan Wicks against the Brewers. What food is this day and why?
2: This is July 4th because there's just a barbecue of all the good things that you want.
1: Mm. Are you a hot dog or a hamburger person?
2: You do one of each. What are you doing?
1: Okay. Are you a mustard or ketchup on your hot dog person?
2: Don't make everybody upset at me, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's ketchup. Sorry. And I do prefer hamburgers, but you know,
1: okay. I uh, prefer hamburgers oh, oh. too. I use both on my hot dogs.
2: Okay. For that's the good. record, yeah. for the people, just for the people. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, you've got a few, you've got a few probable start names that you're interested in on this day. Yes. I am.
2: Yeah. We have a uh, JP Sears against the angels. He just did well against the tigers. He's been a strikeout guy the entire year. Again, I don't think the angels are very good. And uh, that's too straight. I'm like, yeah, athletics can feast on the angels. Um, but Sears has been that guy um, for a decent amount this year. I feel like this is a very sneaky start.
1: Love it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I came into the year overly high on both him and Waldachuk, not in the sense that like I thought they were going to like see so Kyle Bradish, but like I thought they were going to be interesting arms. It hasn't really happened, but I'm, I'm intrigued that they're doing interesting things at the end of this year. and maybe i'll buy back in next year and hate it but um but yeah i kind of like i kind of like that stuff um i'm curious about wicks Mm. because he's not a high a huge strikeout pitcher the brewers are pretty good the brewers also though may not have any reason to really play for anything so who knows like if a guy like yelich is going to be in the lineup over the weekend stuff like that are you factoring any of that into why Wicks is in the probably start tier or is he just doing things that you like
2: uh in six starts can you tell me how many games Wicks has over three earned runs let's go with none none is correct look at you Woo! wow look at us we already know each other right right out of the gate we're good um, four wins in that time as well. Uh, the, the Cubs are leaning on Wicks a lot right now. I think he has really good command. It's actually really shocking to see this from such a young guy. But he really does lean on that changeup down and arm side so, so, so well. 43% O-swing on that pitch. Uh, and I do like his cutter at 63% strikes. Um, his sinker also, believe it or not, is really, really good at spotting the same spot. As he does with his uh, with his changeup. And I think that's why he has a 182 average right now, um, which I love to see. And the fastball, he does try to elevate a decent amount. I think that's honestly his biggest weakness, is sometimes he feels like he needs to go too far in the zone with that forcing. But fortunately, he throws it about like 25, 30% of the time. Um, and that's okay with me. So you mix all that together and you have a Toby. You have a solid Toby here with a good win chance. Um, I also as you were mentioning with the Brewers and I yeah I was a little scared before at home and maybe against lefties or whatever but I think the Brewers have this in the central and they're gonna kind of take it easy a little bit by Friday actually this is Saturday um, and Wix is gonna be fighting for this a lot so I feel like this is going to be a good win chance for the Cubs
1: I buy all of that um and yeah I, I yeah I have him I got rid of him in some leagues where I needed wins just because i I needed wins and I felt like a better options were out there, but I, I, I like what Jordan Wicks is doing so far. Anybody else in this probable start tier You want to talk about before we hit the questionably start guys,
2: who is starting for Atlanta on Saturday? If it's Alan Winans, he's kind of good. I mean, he's got a great team behind him in the winning ball club and it's the nationals, you know, and like that could just work. And I think that if he's on your waiver wire, you can go after him. And also Cal Quantro, if you want to talk about pitch mix, what the heck, man, what, yes. I, what is this? i did what i is, did this? want to
1: talk about i did want to talk about that because uh he was like one of my he was my co-lead of the article today How with
2: could it not be i don't know with, where? Um,
1: it's just like yeah, I
2: fingers and cutters everywhere then nope i'm gonna right. throw 40 percent splitters and like 30 exactly, exactly. curveballs for a start like what on earth
1: and what? and the and the the splitter like he came back and the splitter was just like out of nowhere. I mean, he threw the splitter 4% of the time before he got hurt in July. Um, It was not a pitch that was really in his mix. It's up to almost 30% this month. And the sinker has decreased. The sinker
2: 41% last two starts.
1: Yeah. The sinker is down to just like 30% in September. (laughs) And it was well over 40 for, for much of the year. Um, He has a one ninety-five ERA across 27, two thirds innings, innings in September. Um, Now, we temper our excitement a little bit for fantasy purposes because he has his highest swinging strike rate of the season this month. And it's just Um, 9.6%. The splitter is not making him like a big strikeout pitcher, but it's been a pretty good pitch. And I kind of, I kind of am intrigued by, by the sinker splitter mix. Um, And I did, I did want to ask you this. I'm putting you on the spot, but as a pitcher, I think you just know the answer without having to research. He's seen a massive improvement in his changeup in September. Um, he's added a little bit of vertical movement to it, a little bit of drop to it, but there doesn't seem to be a huge change in the changeup. So, why would a guy who is sinker heavy, who now has a splitter, all of a sudden see his changeup also improve? As a catcher, I'm gonna. I suggest there's a movement profile that has a similarity between the three that creates some deception. But I don't know if you would agree.
2: Uh, I would probably say that this, the changeup is the splitter. I oh, would say that so? it's actually just like the same thing, kind of merged, or it's uh, maybe a new classification from Statcast in this way. The velocity is not very much different. Uh, like, for example, the last two starts, 49% splitters, 1% changeup, 41% interesting. splitters, 2.2% change up. We see this often where it does change like that. Yeah, it I'm using Alex. Like that. It was a changeup that was a split change grip, and then he leaned more into it to be more of a splitter. But that would be my biggest guess there.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm using Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard, which is a tool yeah. I love. Um, he breaks we'll it down by this my.
2: Has changes the stuff all around yeah. for us. We're like, okay, buddy.
1: Yeah, he breaks he breaks it down by month too. So if there are changes within classification within the month, it might miss it. But that's an interesting thing to to keep in mind. But this um, this version of control is more interesting to me, um, in particular against the Tigers.
2: Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah. This could work. we also have seen splitters, change ups, whatever, be really susceptible uh, or really uh, could be a vulnerability for the Tigers. So uh yeah it, it seems like it should work like it's Cal Quantra, the unquantifiable. so we go for it
1: love it could be a good shirt uh the questionable start tier on Saturday we've got Clayton Kershaw against the Giants Cutter Crawford against the Orioles Kenny Rosenberg against the Athletics Alec Marsh against the Yankees Kyle Gibson against the Red Sox Zach Littell against the Blue Jays Hunter Brown against the Diamondbacks Jose Quintana against the Phillies Mike Clevenger against the Padres. Um, before we talk about Alec Marsh, because I'm going to bring him up, is the Kenny is Kenny Rosenberg in here because of the Athletics, or is there something he's doing that you're intrigued? I mean, by?
2: he's he's like your discount Tyler Anderson. He throws a change up from the left side; it's really good. And all right, that's he's a Toby like all the way through. He's trying to be that good Toby for you for like five six innings against Oakland. Like, I feel, you know, I feel like he's decent enough to be there. And you look at everyone else underneath, like, Gibson's a massive cherry bomb. Littell is, I don't know where you're going to, he just had 17 whiffs, I understand, against the Jays and the best game he's ever had all year. And the Jays, uh, the Rays still couldn't get him a win. Uh, Hunter Brown, it looks fatigued and tired. Jose Quintana just had 10 strikeouts against the Phillies, but also terrible ratios. And it's very likely that the strikeouts go down and not the ratios and Mike Clevenger just survived the Red Sox with zero strikeouts in six innings, and now he gets the Padres. Okay. So that's kind of what Kenny Rosenberg is against there. Um, I wouldn't say that. You see him as the third questionable start, but it's really like so many contentious things underneath. And I see, look, I see a guy that can go six innings and like two runs with five strikeouts or something like that against the athletics.
1: Sure. I like that. Um, I'm just going to pretend I'm all in on Alec Marsh, even though...
2: <laughs> I know you're not like, really like this is the thing that, that happens <laughs> yeah. is that we get excited because there's supposed to be nothing in this tank and yes. we're so excited because we see like one drop of water you know the, the re- and we're not the reality yeah that this is gonna quench your thirst however there's now more water than there was before exactly thus, There could be something that does quench your thirst later. Maybe you're also when I do the
1: fast for Yom Kippur, I also don't drink water. So it it, (laughs) was until like four o'clock that I had a glass of water today. So um,
2: there you go. uh, So Um, tell us about Alka
1: So, so I'm going to pretend I'm all in on him, even though I just am intrigued by him changing as a pitcher. And I think there are some things that I find interesting. Um, What I find interesting currently is that we talked about how Marsh changed his slider to become a sweeper
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, over the summer, which was interesting. But Marsha's best pitch early in the year was actually an 87 mile per hour slider. That was kind of, that was tighter and had less movement. So he basically just modified his good pitch and made it another version of a good pitch. But what I like is in September, he has kept the added sweep, but he's added back the velocity. Um, The sweeper was, 83.7 83.7 miles per hour in August when he introduced it. And the sweeper is now 86.3 miles per hour in September. The slider when he had it at the beginning of the year was 87. So he's throwing a harder version of the sweeper. He's kind of combining the really good slider he had at the beginning of the year with the intriguing sweeper that he was was creating. In September, the sweeper has a 22.2% swinging strike rate um, and a 228 deserved ERA. None of that is anything you don't know. We've always talked about the fact that he's a one pitch pitcher. What intrigued me in the last start was that he also started throwing this new sinker. um, And the last start, and I should say start, the last bulk relief appearance, he didn't start the game, but he went five and a third. So that's the thing that we're intrigued by, right? When somebody is going four, five, six innings as a bulk reliever, you're upping your chance of getting a win. But against the Astros, he struck out six and five and a third innings, allowed three runs on only three hits. Um, it just so happened that one of those hits was a loud home run on this new I sinker did. that he started throwing. But that sinker also posted a 28% whiff rate. Um, and I just am kind of intrigued by like this guy who started the year as a four seam changeup pitcher and is now a sinker sweeper guy by the end of the year. Like he's just totally shifted his profile. Um, and I still think at best, he's a two pitch guy with a change up with a curveball. Sorry, that has shown flashes that he doesn't really like to use. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. Like, is the, are the Yankees, is Judge going to play with his toe in a Saturday game at the end of the year? It means nothing. Like, is this lineup any good? I, I have no idea.
2: Yeah. So I don't, I don't like that sinker. Unfortunately. Um, Boo. I mean, that's, uh, I, I'm so, oh, I it's mean, not he great. A, it, I will admit it's not last great. Four games, it's called strike rate has been above 25%, right? Uh, I mean, there was an 18% against the Guardians, but see how he called strikes. It's pretty much he's trying to do the Brady Singer, right? Um, and of called strikes and the sinker and then sliders for, uh, for whiffs and, and everything else. So I love the fact that the sweeper, um, as you see the entire year, it's under a five PLV, which means it's kind of below average essentially, and it's now a 5.4 PLV uh, across its last six games, which is, wh- that is excellent. That is fantastic to see that. So I really do buy into this new slider, and I, at the end of the day, Alec Marsh has three straight games with a win. He's likely going to be open for again. The Yankees are not looking that great. They are really susceptible to right-handed breaking balls, and Alec Marsh has a good one. So you know what? I threw him on here. He's a considerable streamer. Um, Kenny Rosenberg has a better chance at a uh, quality start, um, and I think the opponent's a little bit worse. Uh, but uh, Alec Marsh has a chance here. Yes, we're <laughs> coming it.
1: around. We're coming around. Well, I mean, I'm gonna have appear. to. I'm gonna have to go into next year as like a big Alec Marsh guy, aren't I? I'm you just exciting like, myself it's up for kind of this. No doubt now. Uh, if
2: you don't get them in your 15-team uh, Towers, then I'll be really Yes, upset.
1: I'll draft him in my 10-team home league. This is, <laughs> this is the life I chose. Uh, before we move to the final day of the regular season, uh, the starting pitchers Nick does not want you to start on Saturday. Drew Rom against Cincinnati. John Gray against Seattle. Quinn Priester against Miami. Brian Hoeing against Pittsburgh. Brandon Williamson against St. Louis. Carl Kaufman against Minnesota. Yoan Adon against Atlanta and Alex Wood against the Dodgers. Yeah, no way. Absolutely not.
2: It's also really cruel that Carl Kaufman is not on the Royals. I don't get it. I don't know how they allowed that to happen. Um, but there it is. And Brendan Williamson, you guys are like, wait, hold on a second. Like, he's going against the Cardinals. He's done this before. I'm like, no, no, no. Three straight starts of declined velocity. It was 94 and change. He was cruising with that changeup. COVID hit. Uh, And then he came back, and he was 92 and changed, 91.9, and then 91.4, I want to say. Just declining velocity now. Just no, you stay away from this. Sunday. Sunday.
1: Sunday. Sunday. Uh, We got a lot of duplicate names here, but the auto start tier. Blake Snell against the White Sox, Kevin Gossman against the Rays, Kyle Bradish against the Red Sox, Justin Verlander against the Diamondbacks, Hunter Green against the Cardinals, Michael King against the Royals. And the probably starts Logan Webb against the Dodgers, Ryan Pepio against the Giants, George Kirby against the Rangers, Justin Steele against the Brewers, Braxton Garrett against the Pirates, Mitch Keller against the Marlins, Bryce Elder against the Nationals, and Patrick Sandoval against the Athletics. What meal? What holiday meal is this day?
2: You're gonna like this one. Oh, I can't wait! This is the 10:55 a.m. Continental breakfast. Is that a holiday? We are at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> oh my God! No, are we? Are you we chilling at the Holiday Inn? <laughs> yeah, you don't. Know. You don't know what is available. Still, you have in your head this lovely idea of the breakfast that they outlined for you. Oh, we're gonna have these pancakes ready and all this bacon and stuff, but it's ten fifty-five. You go down there, maybe those French toast sticks—they're done. You open the thing. I'm sorry, Kevin Gosman, you're just not gonna to start today because the Jays have the wild card sealed up. And why would they throw you now instead of game one of the divisional series or the wild card series? Right? You don't know. There are so many guys here. That it's so frustrating. Cal Brash, you're the number two starter for the Orioles, but at the game that by is either going to throw him here or they're not going to throw him for 55 pitches or not? You don't know. So I actually unlo- underlined on this day on, on the list saying, look, uh, and on the table in the notes, these are the guys that have a high chance of not actually going the full amount or not even starting on this day because either we think that they'll be shut down by their team, they uh, might have a divisional series, and you might also one last thing is you might be able to sneak in some really good starts for teams that just secured their playoff berth the day before, and those lineups are not nearly as good. The last thing you see these youngins get opportunities instead. So Sunday, oh boy, you don't know where you're going to get.
1: Yeah, so we will talk about this day today, obviously, but it's it's a long way away, and this is just a reminder to, to keep up with Nick's articles. Um, and some of the just the stuff we'll be talking about on Twitter just to see like Friday night, Saturday night, if we're getting a little bit more of a sense of what Sunday is going to look like. And if, if anything changes um, so you don't get down to that holiday and breakfast and all that's left is the Dan and fruit on the bottom yogurt and a terrible stale bagel. Um, oh, no. So terrible. You just don't want it. No. Um, so in those names that I mentioned in the auto start and probable start. Um, a lot of those guys we talked about earlier because a lot of these guys were set to start on, um, you know, on Tuesdays, on Tuesday. Um, is there anybody that you want to
2: highlight again? Yeah, I, I don't really think that Logan Webb's going to make that start against the Dodgers. Uh, I would imagine they would want to shut him down as he's hinting at 200 innings almost. And uh, why? Why would they want to do that if they're out of contention at that point? Uh, I would imagine that uh, you have Justin Steele and yeah, he might be shut down. Um, by the Cubs because I think that he has been fatigued and if they have that locked up then yeah he won't start however if they are playing for a game that day you bet he is going to start that day same with George Kirby uh, they will not start George Kirby that he's the game two starter after uh, Castillo so if they don't need George Kirby he is not starting in that game and Ryan Pepio, I actually do think they're going to let him go because they don't need him for the opening series. They are probably they're gonna get that by and yeah, let's get him some more experience in this situation. Uh but then again, Justin Verlander don't know where's Houston gonna be, what's their situation gonna look like? It's a crazy one. I think Hunter Green though, you're you're safe with him because he didn't get many innings this year. Right. And the Reds are gonna let him get that opportunity.
1: Yeah, a lot of these are a lot of interesting guys that uh feel like auto locks again once we have a little uh, more of a clear understanding of, um, of what their situation is. But there's a few interesting names in the question we start tier that could obviously jump up given the situation and potential lineups they face, etc. cetera. Um, Aaron Noah against the Mets, Reese Olsen against the guardians, Bailey Ober uh, against the Rockies, Taj Bradley against the blue Jays, Paul Blackburn against the angels, Tanner Houck against the Orioles, Adrian Hauser against the Cubs, Zach Thompson against the Reds, Jose Buto against the Phillies and Tristan McKenzie against the tigers yes,
2: um so, you feel
1: confident about reese olsen or maybe not confident you feel intrigued I enough by reese
2: actually it's not a good matchup for him because i feel like the guardians are really good at not chasing out of the zone um and reese olsen does rely on that changeup out of it uh while you also have the slider that is always really good and his singer can be really good but the force isn't i i still don't know where i stand on reese olsen i feel like if he brings everything to the table it will be good but it's a toss-up for me yeah,
1: I, I was super in on him earlier. Um, I'm intrigued by some of the skills, um, but the the name I keep coming back to in this tier, weirdly, I really can't believe I'm saying it, but it's Jose Budo. Um, I agree. And I, I wrote I wrote about him also in the, the article for today. Um, he has a 3.38 ERA across 21 and a third inning since rejoining the Mets rotation 205 batting average against 24 strikeouts and 21 in the third innings. He's he's been just pretty solid. Um, If you look at just the difference between the first half of the season and the second half of the season and important to understand, like it wasn't like we're not dealing with huge sample sizes here. He wasn't pitching a lot early in the year and he's not pitching. He hasn't pitched a lot in the second half of the year, Um, but he is um, throwing his slider way more. Um, it's up to 16% in the second half of the year. It was just at 8% early on. He's also uh, tweaked the slider. Um, instead of being an 85 mile an hour pitch, it's more, it's almost up at 87 um, and it has more movement, both horizontal and vertical. Uh, since he's come up in the starting rotation, it has, that slider has a 23.1% swinging strike rate. Um, in the second half of the year, the changeup has a 26.4% swinging strike rate. He's not going to get you with velocity, even though he's throwing uh, a mile per hour harder since coming back up. Um, but like the slider and changeup, well, the changeup is missing, missing bats. It hasn't been a great pitch overall, but that slider has been really good, and the four seam has been playing up well at, at, at you know ninety four and change. I'm only starting him here if this Phillies lineup is missing key starters there because this is, is the that's this is the last game of the season and it may be totally irrelevant for the Phillies. Exactly. And if they're resting some of their guys, then I could be like, okay, Budo's pitched pretty well against the depleted Phillies lineup. Like let's, let's give it a shot.
2: 100%. That's it. I mean, I don't really think that Budo's full arsenal is that good. I mean, it's nice to see that the changeup and slider overall have a 20% swing strike rate each for this year, but it's not really something I believe in too hard. Um, consistently for him. And as you saw last week against the Phillies, it wasn't that good. And if it's the same Phillies lineup, then I'm out. But yeah, definitely pay attention to that one for Buddha. And that's really the only reason why he's here.
1: There's another name you have uh, highlighted in your questionable we'll start tier who we Blacker, talked about again. before. Again,
2: Angels are not good. Paul Blackburn, Kitchens and guy that could work out. There is one other who's in the do not start. And I'll let you list off all of them here.
1: Yes. The do not start tier. Uh, we got Zach Greinke against the Yankees. Zach Davies. Against the Astros, Chase Anderson against the Twins, Jose Urania against the Padres, Jackson Rutledge against the Braves, and whatever starting pitcher the Rangers decide to throw against the Mariners. And in his last major league start, uh, Nick still hates Zach Greinke.
2: No. So so that's the thing. I think it might be. I I was looking at this going, wait, if he's slated to go on Sunday, that could be the last of his entire career. And I got to say, I know Zach Greinke is just kind of, I always just say Greinke does what Greinke does and kind of ignore it. But let's be honest, he will know this is his last one. And that's going to be an absolute joy to watch. It's like Granky just having all the fun he would ever want. It's his last game. And I got to think like the Royals, who have been very careful with his pitch counts and limiting him and everything like that, are just going to say, go. Just like throw like all of the pitches. Throw 140, whatever you need to like have your game against the Yankees. I, I think this is going to be such a fun moment. I hope it comes to fruition like that and he's just pulled after 60. It's such a risk, but I, I just thought about this and go, what is the most grinky thing I could think of here? And that would be it. So I really hope he pulls it off.
1: I think at bare minimum, I agree with you on like, it'd, it'd be a fun start to watch. I, I think it's unfortunate for people who really maybe have just started paying attention recently to the Zach Grenky of more recent years because there really were some some tremendous years of pitching um, earlier in his career. Oh my god! Yeah, um, yeah, and and he's not just like oh the guy who throws like really slow ifus pitches and you know whatever kind of you know I don't want to say punchline, but whatever he's become in terms of like that diminishes his actual ability. Uh, and I'm intrigued to see to see the start for him. I think it could be a, it could just be a fun way of you know a guy who's getting lost in the oh, we need to celebrate his final year type of discussion.
2: Oh, yeah, I could not agree more. I can't wait.
1: Anything else to add on this final day of baseball?
2: That is it. Tristan McKenzie, I mean, six walks last time out. You can't trust it. Sorry. Even against the Tigers. That's it. That's all I got. Sorry, Tristan. All right, buddy. I hope um,
1: you're right. So let the people know before we we call it a day, Like mm-hmm. we're still going to have off-season content, right? This isn't oh, like, gotcha. oh my God, you should my- shut it down.
2: No, 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 no. Next week on Monday, I'm doing an all day stream essentially. I'm like taking a break for lunch, making my top 200 for 2023, four, <laughs> not 20. Oh my gosh. In retrospect. Um, and we're, we're going to be breaking down a lot of that throughout the offseason. We also have the pitch list, uh, staff mock draft coming. Uh, and you'll be hearing a lot of the staff coming on to talk about essentially the most relevant 300 players for 2024 and 20 million other things. Uh, I'll be doing my morning streams still on playback, doing uh, going over every single team, breaking them down individually. And if you are a PL Pro member, you'll be able to read those articles before everybody else does as it's my amalgamation of my top 300 before it comes out. So we'll see them separately split up um, throughout the offseason. But yeah, we've got a lot of things on the OTC podcast. I'm excited to get like Eric's takes on 2024 and compare them to mine and we actually get going a a little bit with that, which is going to be a lot of fun.
1: We're going to get a little granular, not too, not too number heavy, but you know, we're going to be able to talk about some, some pictures in a little bit more depth. Nick's going to take a lot of time and, you know, thoroughly construct his top 200. Um, and I'm going to, throw together a top 100, 150 when I get a chance. or at least 10 hours,
2: then we'll take yeah. four more months to do one. And I'll overthink track. it and
1: I'll hate it and I'll want to get mad at myself for it and we'll okay, use man. it to, uh, to basically just lock ourselves into guys um, and is. say this is who we like and not. So yeah, mm-hmm. so keep it locked in here. Um, also, obviously during the week, Nick and I are always uh, talking baseball on Twitter and that will help us to kind of update some of these pitchers. Nick, I'm sure you know, is at pitcher list on Twitter. I am at Samsky nyc uh, so you can make sure to check us both out there Um, and that is going to do it for this week's episode of the on the corner podcast you can check us out as nick mentioned and start of the off-season programming next week i am eric samolsky the pelican
2: and i'm nick pollock the lion we'll talk to you guys next week